This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here, go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And one way you can do that is by having an effective CRM and lead management system in your agency to make sure that you are tracking the different stages of your sales process and everything else that those tools can do for you. And I can't think of a better guy to come on and talk about that this afternoon than my good friend here, Mr. Roshan Jaiswal. So thank you, David. Yeah, he's with Insured Mine. And, you know, when I get asked about um, CRMs all the time, I always talk to people about the difference between what I see in, in CRMs. And, and it's pretty basic. I feel like we have CRMs that are going to work for you to a certain degree out of the box. And we have some of them that aren't. And they're going to be fully customizable. And so depending on where you're at in the journey of your agency or in business in general, because people from outside the insurance industry listen to us too, you know, that determines where you need to be. Roshan's product to me is one of the ones that I recommend to people to check out when they need something that they can set up and get implemented relatively quickly. That's going to integrate with their systems and it's going to give them some functionality right out of the box without them having to lift a finger to a certain degree. And then scale it from there. Now, that's it. That that's that's what I what I recommend. I don't I don't know much more than that. So for selfish reasons, we're going to find out more about that as we talk with him today. But before we get into insured mind, why don't you give everybody just a little bit of a bio on you, Roshan, and let them know who you are, sort of where you came from, how you got to where you're at with insured mind, and then we're going to get into your product and the problems that it's solving for agents across the country. Thank you, David. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, well, I'm pretty honored today that you know it took me almost five years to get to this point, and I made it. <laughs> uh, I realized this was one of my goals to create this company was to be on your podcast. There we go. Well, you're set <laughs> the bar awful low, man. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty pretty honored here to be to be a part of this. You know, I hear all these great speakers again. I've been a huge fan of your podcast and been listening it for a while. This is a wonderful learning experience for me through this podcast. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank um, you. 
So again, I, I think um, a big part of what you said is uh, it's pretty much true. It's a plug and play sales CRM marketing automation platform. And this is something, you know, probably five or six years ago, we kind of realized is one of the missing pieces around the agency management systems. Um, I would be naive to say I just visioned everything out on day zero. So what we kind of iterated from day zero, our first pitch was to say, we are an add-on to an agency management system because that's what truly we were. Um, and that add-on kind of sta started expanding its scope to understand the needs and the value that we were able to deliver to these agencies. And that's how, you know, it started with a very plain vanilla sales pro prospect management to it started doing a little bit of marketing management to started doing a little bit of automation. And today we could not complete a product if it does not have an AI plugged in. So that's the journey from a plain vanilla sales tool to an AI CRM. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, man, because I've said this for a long time. I feel like agencies really miss the mark if they don't have a CRM in place because an AMS and a CRM are not equal. They are not the exactly. same thing. They do completely different things. And, you know, I used to say that if I had to pick between the two, I was going to pick the CRM every single time because that's how I could grow top line revenue and scale and using a CRM the right way, you're going to capture a lot of the same information and you can manipulate that in a way to substitute. I don't want to say replace, but substitute for an AMS. As I have gotten more mature in owning an agency as opposed to just being a producer who started an agency, I'm of the mindset that you need to have both and that both of them need to be able to talk to each other because there are things that come in that, that happen inside of an AMS that you simply don't, if you try to replicate it in a CRM, it's going to become a painfully manual process and you're just creating work for no reason. I think a lot of people out there get concerned and, and I was certainly one of them with double entry. If the two of them don't talk, people don't want to enter data twice and we can get into that. I would argue that with the, um, the growth of RPA robotic process automation and things now double entry is relatively easy to get rid of out of your agency, even if you don't have a clean integration between a CRM and an AMS. But, you know, we can we can have that conversation in a little bit. That being said, it amazes me when I travel and speak all over the country. And one of the first questions I ask agency people to do is to raise their hand if you use a CRM in your agency. And I might get 20% of the room to raise their hand. From there, I'll say, I want to make sure you understand I'm not talking about your agency management system. I'm talking about client relationship management. It's a separate sales tool, piece of software that you can use to help you with lead management and all of the other things that a CRM can do. And at that point, all but one or two hands in the room go down. I am blown away at the number of people in our industry that are still not managing the most important process, arguably, of our jobs, and that's growing top-line revenue through sales. Why? Why do you think that is? See, I, I think um, several things. Um, they are used to a system, a process, and changing anything is very difficult. So last week, I was at AppliedNet, which happens to be now 40 years old. I'm 40 years old, you know, so I and Applied are born in the same year, by the way. Um, 
having said that, you know, since this 40 year of journey is in a way, literally now they have duopoly, if I can't say monopoly, you know, with the with the AMS market, and it's kind of ingrained in the system of the people using the system. Now, what I can bet is if 30 past 30 to 40 years were ruled by agency management system, is the next 30 years going to be ruled by the agency management system? The answer is no. It will be a CRM, not an AMS. And one other hypothesis on that is, probably most of the AMS will kind of become a CRM even if they don't want to call it. Look what is happening today. Some of the newer AMS are coming in the in the space of a CRM. New ones, they are coming in, they are primarily CRM and then a piece in AMS. Whereas earlier it was 95 to 99% AMS and a little bit of CRM. So you can already see the context and the contour is changing dramatically and CRM will take the main stage if not in next five years, in the next 10 years. And that is going to change. It's a behavioral shift. Yeah, so as you're sitting out to build insured mine, I mean, there are, a lot, I don't want to say there's a lot of CRMs out there, but I mean, there's their fair share of CRMs out there. You've got you've got the, the the big boys like HubSpot and Salesforce and Keep. I think that's what they call mm-hmm. Infusionsoft now. Yep. And even even Zoho, which you know, I don't know how many people know this, but from a user standpoint, is the largest CRM in the world. It just doesn't charge as much as Salesforce, so it's not the biggest from a revenue standpoint. Yep. All of those fully customizable, you can make them do a whole bunch of stuff for you, but you have to know what you're doing. And so I want—I don't even want to talk about that stuff. I want to talk about when you were sitting down to build Insured Mind. What was your thought process? What what was the problem that you were trying to solve that you knew that if I can get this right, we can take this product, build on it, and scale it from there? That's a very legitimate question. And I think I not only answered that question more often than not, I asked that question more often than not to myself, almost on a very recurring basis. So I'll tell you this. As I said, I never started by believing that we are building a CRM. I started by building an add-on to an AMS because there was a very obvious need on that sales and marketing. That was the starting point. And then it's a very classic story that I talk about. There's two things which is very core fundamental to the to insured man, which is curiosity and agility. We are curious enough to listen to people at the decibel nobody else is listening and agile enough to be able to react to it and build a first iteration of it. And that iteration, uh, that agility and that curiosity has fed that cycle of innovation and development. That's point one. Second thing is, when we are building this, as I said, we never start with that full frame of, okay, here's the CRM, here is my five-year product roadmap, this is what I'm going to build. We never started that way. What we did was, With this curiosity, we were learning one thing at a time and we were building that with that mindset. So it's like customers came, they said, I need to build two eyes. We built two eyes. They said, build me two legs. I built two legs. They said, add two more legs. I added two legs. They added a tail. I added a tail. And then finally, it looks like a dog. Let's call it a CRM dog. We never started with a dog. We started building the pieces of what was these customers asking us. So we never shifted our core 
from listening to customers. And that still is the DNA that is helping us just be ahead of that digital divide with our competitions. So you sit down to build this add-on to a management system. There's a million things that you could do first. What What's the first thing that you did? We started building that pipeline. The sales, as you said, you know, sales is, if you want to grow a business or you want to kill a business, sales is the first thing you need to target. If you cannot grow, you're going to die. And that's what you preach every day. You know, hey, how do you add to the top line numbers? And exactly. I think that was the fundamental. Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing is, you know, part of the issue is agencies in and of themselves don't even have a process. They don't have a sales process. So, you know, now you have to, you're, you're going to create a tool to make their sales process operate more efficiently when for many of them, that process doesn't exist. So how do you combat that when you engage with people? Because I mean, I feel like that the CRM argument can be very, very compelling. There's a lot of things that you can talk to people about with regard to how it, how you can uh, do email marketing and monitor open rates and click-throughs and all of that, how you can monitor your social interaction and schedule stuff and get it posted out there and get uh, analytics back on that. There's a million different things and shiny objects that you can show an agent, but at the end of the day, if they don't have a defined process with stages in it up front, what are they really measuring? And so I got to believe that part of what y'all have to do is talk about that. Talk about the buyer's journey in the agency, the different stages they're going to go through, and then set up that lead management software to where it'll mirror what they have as a process in their agency. And in many cases, that may be something that you have pre-built that they end up adopting because they don't have a process of their own. 200% David and that's exactly as so two things one each agency is so freaking different each of them are like snowflakes very different from the another one all of the same core fundamentals but different being different but also is they want to build efficiencies they want to build that scale they want to build that speed in their process we start by as you said you know understand their buyer journey we call it a customer cycle you know what when does your customer actually becomes a customer before they become a customer. I know it's kind of an irony how we say it because the prospects come into your sales funnel way before you start nurturing them, you start putting them into a sales funnel, close them, get them through the onboarding process, put them into the service funnel for next 12 months, then do the renewal process. And if you lose them, do a win back. All of that is a very, very predefined playbook that we hand over to our agencies. Hey, you either have it, go for it, build it yourself, or use the playbook that we are providing you. This is a playbook that has been kind of vetted that we are validating on a daily basis to 1,000 to 1,200 agencies now. And we are checking it for, from the largest agencies in the country who is processing almost closer to a billion dollar to the smallest mom and pop store, you know, somewhere in the remote uh, countryside. So all of them, the scale that the system is able to adapt to be allowing you to do that is just magnificent. So talk a little bit about what it's like when you engage with an agency. I think sometimes agencies are so worried about this stuff being extremely complicated. How hard is it for them to onboard? What are they going to have to do to make sure all of this is functional? You know, talk about that a little bit. So again, I would I would not 
try to paint the picture that it is very rosy. Hey, you just click a button, it's easy button and it's all done. That would be too naive for people to think it that way. You know, hey, this is your bread and butter, guys. This is where a lot of money will be made. If you want to make that lot of money, you got to invest some of that money and a lot of your time. Because if you invest now, a lot is going to come back to you. And one thing when we talk to agencies, what is that one thing between all these 20, 25,000 agencies, the medium size, small to medium, what is one thing they don't have? They don't have time. How do we solve? And so it's, it's a paradox. You know, hey, you have to commit time to save time. And that's the vicious circle they don't want to get in sometimes. Hey, I cannot do it. But, you know, you have to do it. It's, having said that, that's where we get them with the right expectation first. Hey, this is what you want to do. This will take you a couple weeks to a couple months, depending on how deep you want to go. Or you can just turn on a lot of these things. They will get you going. And then once you are up and running with a lot of these things, you can gradually learn one more module, one more thing, and keep going and keep building within the next six to 12 months. And you will be off your own on the journey that you know it's paying off big dividends. So it's it's a process. So how do I know I need a CRM in my agency? Well, the answer is you don't need to know. You must have one because if you do not have one, you are leaving money on the table. And if you are okay with that, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I It was a softball question, honestly, and you answered it exactly how I hoped you would. So I noticed that you went over to India for like a month or two, not that long ago. You kind of like went over and I don't know if you were hiding out or what you were doing, but you were working on integrating AI with insured mine and bringing AI into the mix. And you made a comment earlier um, about how AI has to be part of everything moving forward. And I, I happen to agree with that. Talk a little bit about that though. Talk a little bit about how, you're using, and I don't want the secret sauce, but give everybody an idea of how you can use AI to make your product perform better. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it's, um, AI is like, it's such a big thing today that, you know, it confuses people that, hey, it's, and it scares them more because of the unknowns that they do not get it, you know, and it's like someday it's like fire, you know, it's, if you do not control it, it's going to burn your house, which is so true. And so it's a very, methodical but a structured and you are absolutely right when i was traveling in india and that was one of the things that we were focusing on how do we continue to build those capabilities that puts us ahead in the game and speaking of which i'm traveling again um next this coming weekend to india and that is phase two of all of this investments that we're gonna uh, go deeper in having said that i'll give you two or three basic core use case why and how it is being used for example, you are talking commercial insurance all day long. How many of your customers, you ask them and do a quick audit of their book and say, hey, how many are you tracking in AICS code? What do you think? What would be the answer you would get? Probably less than 5% of them exactly. because it's a pain in the rear end to go get it, right? Now, imagine that 95%, we get that, into the system with, I would say, 80, 85% accuracy with a click of a button. How would you feel I, about it? I, I'd say that'd be great. Now I can have the NAICS code. 
Exactly. And that gives you so much power to understand and slice and dice your data to say, okay, which niche I am going in, those data were not there until yesterday then. So that, that's one use case, you know, we are plugging in AICS through using AI modules. Other thing is content creation, you know, the email, the text message. Now you don't need to sit and type all those, you know, three paragraphs, four paragraphs. Just give the synopsis to um, AI and it is gonna, going to draft a much more beautiful and eloquent email than you would have thought about. And so that's another way, you know, that communication is not only getting automated, with with the cadence but it is also getting created i think we have taken one step further beyond going uh, two step forward in terms of automation the frequency and the speed was there but the creation was missing now we added the creation in it other side i'm talking about now let's think into the sales funnel all of this conversation all the phone calls agencies are loaded with taking phone calls what is happening to those phone calls? It is a sunk cost at that moment, right? The call is done, you moved on to the next thing. No, there was so much asset that just got created because you spent 45 minutes with your client. We are taking that data of MP3 file, converting that into text, NLP application, being able to say, okay, hey, this is what this customer is thinking. Hey, this is what it would have, this kind of impact on this deal. So it's, yeah, go ahead, David. I can no, see no, you no. are spinning. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm always listening. I'm coming up with a million questions in my mind. There, you know, I think that that's, that's a good place to start because there's a lot of things that AI can do right now, even if it's just going out and scraping data from the internet. There's, I mean, people aren't, agents aren't using NAICS codes. It, it, it has nothing to do with the fact that they can't find them or they're not out there. It's that it's that they don't want to do it. It's another step in the process, exactly. and that's the thing. I think I think that my peer group they don't always understand. Sometimes it's going to take longer for the short term to save a lot of time in the long term. It, you know, we're we're more worried about instant gratification and getting what we need right now. When in reality we should be able to make the investments that we need into our agencies, whether that be tech stack or otherwise, knowing that over time you're going to gain efficiency from the time and money that you're investing right now. None of us would bring a brand. Well, I shouldn't say none of us because I unfortunately see it, but I don't think that any of us has the intention of getting a brand new producer who's never worked in the insurance industry, bringing them in, hiring them, giving them a salary and saying, okay, go do your job. None of us expect to do that. We mm -hmm. expect that we're going to have costs to train them and develop them. We're going to have a, a time investment of going on appointments with them, listening to their phone calls to hear if they're using the right inflection and tone and cadence when they're trying to set appointments, looking at their proposals, helping them role play and anticipate questions they're going to ask. I can go for days on all the things that need to happen with a producer, but we get a freaking piece of technology in our agency and we want it to work perfectly. We just open it up, we plug it in and we hope everything's going to work exactly like it's supposed to. And we get irritated if we have to invest in it at all. Heaven forbid you have a, an agent go to a user group meeting of some sort so they can learn best practices right don't don't ask them to do that because that's asking too much we got to be better 
with investing in things that we're actually going to execute on. And I, if you're not going to execute on the top line, what are you really going to execute on? Sales yep. is most important. But I think that yep. when you look at these different things, it, it's the same thing that holds true when you look at outsourcing labor, right? Mm -hmm. The insurance industry by and large has gone through a shift where we are very open to using virtual assistants at yep. this point. Yeah. You know, we're willing to outsource labor to people who are overseas or in other parts of the U.S. because that just makes sense from a cost standpoint, from an accuracy standpoint, all of the reasons people use them. Here's the problem, though. People to this day, even though VAs have been pretty much on the rise in the insurance industry for the last five or 10 years, Today, there will be people that are posting in these online agent groups that are upset that they went and they got a VA from so-and-so. This person was supposed to be capable of doing all of these different things, and they bring them into the agency, and the person didn't know what to do. Here's the thing, people. Just because somebody understands how to do a process or a task in general doesn't mean they understand your own process or your own workflows. You have to have that documented. You need to have that documented so it can be uh, replicated and people can be trained on it. It's really that simple, but yet we don't want to do that. Why? Because it takes time. It takes yeah. time to do that. And we, we don't want to invest that time now. When in reality, what I can tell you is when I was able to take some of the basic tasks off of my own plate, it freed me up to spend more one-on-one -on -one time going on those appointments with producers and growing the top line. Amazing how that works. But part of that has to do with the fact that we do have a, an established process. It is easily trainable. It is easily replicable. And it is in our CRM. We have the ability to monitor all of that stuff right there. But that wasn't always the case. I had to make a decision. This is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm going to do it. And then just go down that road. Yep. Absolutely. And I'll give you two, three examples, you know, um, just because these agencies have nailed down their process so well. And again, I'm not expecting everybody to do so. You come, we will, we will help you. You know, we will give you a playbook to start with and we will sophisticate it over the period of time. But some of these agencies, you know, have done it so freaking well, you know, it just dazzles me from a point of, you know, 200 to 300 salespeople are on the sales funnel. It's such a beautifully, you know, it's like it's like music. It the leads flows through it, you know, it gets allocated to the right resources in a round robin. You know, they are taking it, they are picking it up, pushing it through, automation kicking in, you know, communication happening. They are following the um, the leaders are following all the stats. It's all pushing through. That is just a humming machine, like nothing, like nothing. On the other side of is the same thing with the renewal. Um, just on one of the epic agencies we were just talking the other day, they improved their renewal by four percentage point. You know, four percentage point renewal uptake is huge, especially in this market. Um, so, so again, things like that we are seeing from the sales side, from the renewal side, and all the marketing automation. If you're picking each of these pieces, uh, one piece a quarter, within a year, you are just on the top of your game. Yeah, I agree. So talk to me a little bit about other functionality. You know, what are you what are you um doing now that that makes your product different than some of your competitors that are out there? 
I know that, um, you know, one of the components of CRMs is the ability to, to create tasks and reminders, as well as some have the ability to assign tickets to service team members and things like that. How much do you do outside of just simple sales management or, or pipeline management and actually um, do some of those other things to carry people all the way through the buyer's journey? So when you use the word buyer's journey, one thing which is very unique that I'll talk about the philosophy before we talk about the features. The philosophy here is we very meticulously look at how or what are you doing five minutes before using insured mine and five minutes after using insured mine. Because that tells me the friction in the flow. I'll give you a classic example. E-sign. People would use insured mine for the sales funnel and then drop off insured mine, go and log into DocuSign or whatever e-sign, use the thing over there, come back again and continue on the process. We are watching, we are learning. And what did we learn? Last year end, we launched our very basic version of eSign. And this year, I can bet you today, David, any of the best, including DocuSign, you know, you name it, we are competing with some of the best eSign products within a 12-month period. You should be too, right? Because you need to do that. You need that to be integrated with your product so that, again, there's no friction because... You're, you're bringing up one point, right? People are going to leave insured mind to go over to DocuSign and do their thing. But let's not forget that once that document is actually signed and the signed copy is returned, they're still having to go somewhere else to go now attach that manually. That's, and everything bigger, where... that's the point. Yes. So that's exactly is a much bigger problem that gets solved that they at least 10 out of 100 times, they will forget to attach and it becomes an ENO issue. Now, the, the beauty is not only it resolves the friction, it reduces your risk because every time you sign the document, it automatically gets back to your CRM, which automatically takes it back to your AMS. It's a full flow that is squeaky clean and risk reduced. That is the key that we are always looking at rather than, hey, just add a feature here or make it look prettier there. Yeah, I can tell you another thing that I think is important and I don't, you know, I don't like again, I don't know enough about the nuances of insured mine in, in per se, but I think another big one that a lot of agencies miss out on is the fact that we're all on VoIP systems at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not difficult for you to be able to record your phone calls, which you probably should, but mm-hmm. then also not just record them but have them attached to the contact record, company record, or yep. in the AMS. I'm not advocating whether you do CRM, AMS, whatever. You need to have it somewhere, but not everything has that functionality. How has insured mine um, gone about tackling the phone issue? So I'll plug in Lightspeed here. You know, So they are one of our integration partners. So their phone systems are connected. So if somebody calls you, that call pop-up will happen on insured mine. So which means it is pulling up that record. And the, once the call is completed, that MP3 file is automatically attached to the CRM that goes to the AMS automatically. So we have connected with um, Lightspeed. We have done the same thing with Ring Central. There is two or three other WebEx and a couple others that are already done it in some form or shape, not completely as these two. Then we have our own basic Twilio. 
So we use that if a small agency does not have those sophisticated phone system, hey, you don't need anything. Just use insured mind phone system. It is free, literally. It's a warp call. Use it. Enjoy it. So, but the re reason we are doing that is exactly what you said, is to create that habit of, hey, your call is an asset. It's not just a call that happened and you forget about it. It's an asset, not only for your EUNO perspective, but also you can use this to build intelligence within your organization. And you could very easily, yeah, you could very easily use it to build intelligence. In fact, yeah, one of the things that I'm working on figuring it out, and I'm, you're smarter than I am, so you're probably way down this road, but you know, I know that I've got an MP3 of a phone call now. What else can I do with that? Is there a yep. way for me to take that and zap it to Otter or Firefly and let it transcribe that call or run it through another type of AI that's going to pick up tone and inflection in the voice, analyze the conversation, tell me I missed cross-sell opportunities. There are a lot of different that's ways. exactly that where we are listen. going. So I think I used the word and I cruised through it when you said, I said NLP, natural language processing, so that's exactly, we are converting that MP3 to text and using that. So now let me take it one step further. It is not just the MP3 file. I am taking that in context with the email I sent, the communication that happened, the text messages and the phone, all three in totality in the contextual conversation. And that summary is continuing to build on my customer. Each customer profiling is getting matured and more insightful with every conversation, whether it's email, text, or your phone call. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's one of the most interesting use cases for AI that I've seen. Yep. You know, yep. honestly, I think the other thing, truthfully, that would be beneficial, even though you couldn't have a live conversation, if you are in an area that's multicultural and you have people who have different native languages, you have the ability to have them just leave you voicemails and translate that immediately that. into English sure. so that you can understand it. And then hopefully figure out a way to reply back that then translates into whatever their native language is. And I mean, that's a slippery slope probably because of translation issues and all of that. But I mean, I don't think there's really any end to the things that we're going to be able to do. Think about this, man. You could, you could take all of the transcripts of your calls that are getting dumped into the CRM. AI can scan those and they can go in and look at the questions that are most frequently asked on, on all of the conversations that are happening across your organization. And then once a week or however you want to do it, have it give you like the top 10 list. Now you have a marketing list of content-based marketing ideas that you can put together because these are the questions people are actually asking when they call in. Because if they're asking that and they're actually taking the time to pick up the phone, there's probably nine for every one that's not taking the time to do that and is going to Google or whatever else. So I think that it makes it to give you better web content, better um traffic to your website, more time on your website. And as you know, all that breeds better opportunities and more loyalty that's been created because you're gaining trust with people for every minute that they're spending in your ecosystem. And I just think that there's there's a lot of ways we can use that to manipulate how we're going to message our marketing moving forward to only speak to those people who are most prone to buy from us. Look at you, man. It looks like I need to bring you as a product leader here. <laughs> I don't know about that. I haven't figured it all out yet, but I mean, that's, that's where I see things going, you know, and I think 200% um, on the right trajectory. That's exactly where it is. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's other things too. I, like I feel like some of the you know insurance, and, and this is not a knock on anybody out there because I'm friends with everybody. You know, it, I, I'm friends with people at almost every company that's there. There's certainly really good friends of mine that are your competitor, and vice versa. Yeah, that's okay. But but but, but I think one place where the insurance industry, by and large, has missed its mark a little bit on on the CRM piece is through the use of quote the and this is something we have done i feel like we've done a good job of this there are a lot of things you can do out there right now that has zero friction you know mm -hmm. you've heard about the lemonades and the hippos and kin sure. and all these places like that but there's a whole subset of products that are quote bind issue products that are built specifically for independent agents to represent them it's just that you don't have to touch it and the examples of that are wedding insurance drone insurance um, bonding, you know, for nuisance bonds, things like permit bonds and license bonds and stuff where you might only get a hundred dollars in premium, but it's going to take 30 minutes of your time. Well, at this point, I don't want my staff touching that. It's much cheaper for me to Our put digital. a landing page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put a, put a landing page up, throw some Google ads behind it. Let that person drive the process. They go in, they key their information in, it gives them the quote, they pay for it. Their policy or their bond is issued and everything's good right now. I could stop there, but I don't want to stop there because that's not really what I wanted to sell. What I wanted to do was get their information into my CRM, into my ecosystem, yep, because yep. that product is not the product I wanted to sell. That's just the product they needed. If exactly. you needed wedding insurance, that's something I can help you meet that need. But what I really want you to buy is home, auto, umbrella, jewelry, life, all of the other things that a personal lines client would buy if you're going to round their account out. Yep. So I feel like the, the best agencies or, or agencies that would set themselves up for success are going to learn how to use a lot of these insure techs that they're probably a little bit concerned about thinking they're trying to cut them out, use them, use them to place the products that people need, and then take that information, get it into your CRM and immediately market for those other things that your agency does that ultimately is what you want people to buy from you, right? And if yep. you do that right people, you heard me, I put money behind Google ads that drive people to a landing page, but I'm also getting paid a commission for putting leads into my CRM. If you're not in a point in your agency where you're getting paid to populate your CRM with leads, then you need to figure it out because I'm getting paid every single day across a variety of different quote bind issue products that are dumping in information into our systems and we're immediately remarketing via video or email or whatever the case may be. But there's never a question about the content people are consuming, how long they're on our site, and what we need to do from a strategy standpoint to replicate that so that we're continuing to bring back that same profile of a prospect because that's who's ideal to us. Yep. We've learned really quickly who's your ideal prospect. We identify that. From there, we stay in our lane. You know what? I refer accounts that are 10 times bigger than a lot of things that we write in the agency because I don't want to write it. It's not what we're the best at. If I am going to write something, it's got to be something that's our ideal prospects that we're the absolute best on. And even today, 20 years into the industry, the second I deviate from that is when I get burnt. I know what works. Mm -hmm. CR, uh, CRM's like training wheels, man. It really is. I don't even want to say training wheels because that's probably not a, not. It's like the lane assist on your vehicle, right? Now, you know, we, 
you have Teslas and all of that that'll drive themselves, but I don't know that anybody's going to have their agency driving itself. But you know, if if I think about my truck, if I go to go over into the other lane, depending on how I have it set up, it's either going to not let me do it at all, or it's going to vibrate my seat and beep and make a noise. So then I know that I'm drifting a little bit. I feel like the CRM's the same way. You still have to have your process. But if you try and abandon it, it's going to give you that warning and say, nope, you got to get back into your lane. Your lane is right here, and here's all the reasons why. And I'm sure you use that phrase that if it is not in the CRM, it does not exist. Right. Yeah, same thing. Same thing we do with the AMS. If a producer wants to get paid, it has to be in the AMS. Otherwise, how are we going to track commissions and everything else? Yeah. So We've been going for about 45 minutes, man. What have we missed? No, I I think you know you hit on the head of the nail in terms of hey why this is needed, and why now I I think um, you also have to look as how insurance industry has changed and is continuing to change and in the next ten years it will be a whole different industry, so I think this is a very interesting transition phase and this is where technology is starting to pick up a pace and if you are not on it. Again, I don't want to create a very negative uh, kind of a spell here that, you know, hey, uh, if you don't use any technology, then it's... Uh, but this is going to be your differentiator. You want to you wanna get ahead in the game? You want to, you, you know, you can walk or you can get in a car. And this is the car you need. And the CRM is the car. You know, again, I think another thing you asked earlier, David, was... What is that uniqueness about? And I was talking about the philosophy of, you know, hey, how we are looking at five minutes before and five minutes after solving through. It's equally important. There is three core tenets that you're looking at in an insurance flow. You are looking at the sales, number one. You are looking at, you know, service, number two. And you are looking at renewal as number three. These are the three core phases. Sales, you know, it's undoubted, you need, and then uh, there is a layer underneath that that goes, which is the marketing layer, which happens at every all three stages. What is, again, the first one in the sales, you know, growth, you know, accelerate, because today I'll tell you there is things that we are seeing. What we are seeing is agencies are dropping their leads left, right, and center because they do not know how to be efficient and capture everything taking forward. If you do not drop those good leads, you know you will be at least 5 to 7% top line increase. Again, I'm not trying to give, drum up a number which is hey, 30 to 45%. No, it will be at least in a closer to a double digit. That's number one. Number two is your sales cycle today is whatever. I, I believe 80% does not even know what is their sales cycle. But once they understand their sales cycle, I'll tell you how it starts condensing. And you could, what you were selling four in one year, you would be selling six, which means you just added two more to those four and you added your 50% growth. So that speed will help you go faster, not dropping things and speed. Those two things are very critical in your sales. So that's why CRM becomes such an important thing. If you don't want to grow, be happy be sitting in your place you want to be but these things are servicing is kind of you know ams does a bigger role to play but you know where we make it more automated where we allow you to you know streamline the process you can see a better data but you will end up going to your ams for your servicing third renewal renewal has two core aspect 
It is not just about making sure we are able to touch every client, we are able to engage with them, minus 90 day or minus 120 day, whatever works for you. But it is the best opportunity where you start looking at your rounding out. You know, that is where you understand, okay, I am selling in home. Why not auto? Why not other things? And that's where you stack up because they're already a customer. They've started believing you. There is a trust factor going. You know, not only you renew, you try to upsell. And if you understand these three big pieces and understand the technology that is enabling each of them, and you are going at 120 miles an hour. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get caught up in all of the activity and not and get overwhelmed and anxiety and everything from trying to keep up, worried about what you're missing. But at the end of the day, there are easily solutions there. That's yep. And you have to be careful about not missing the forest for the tree. Right. You know, sometimes we get stuck. Other important thing I'm sure you you preach to your audiences, you know, all deals are not created equal. Understanding that nuance around, hey, I'm chasing 10. Which out of those 10 actually, which are the five or the six ones that actually deserves my full attention and four, I can put it in the second lane. And understanding that, you know, so you were talking about the AI, the intelligence, all of this is feeding into that to make you more powerful in making those judgment call. It does not need to be instinctive. It can be way more scientific. And that's where sales will become way more powerful because you will have the tools to make those judgment call and not be wrong about it. I agree, man. I mean, anybody who listens to this podcast knows I've been saying saying it for years that you need to have, we run our agencies wrong. We run our agencies like insurance agencies when at the end of the day, until a policy is sold and we have to administer work to that policy, whatever it is, issuing, endorsing, printing ID cards, until a policy is bound and in your AMS, you are not an insurance agency. You are a sales organization, period. It doesn't matter. You could be selling garden hoses. You could be selling cars. You could be selling anything. Until the sale is made, you don't have a client. Everybody's a prospect, and prospects should be managed in CRMs. Clients should be, too, because there are touch points throughout the year that you have the ability to automate that you don't want to miss. Birthdays, anniversaries, other things. You know, you know, There are th ways that you can do this, yep. and by taking the time to know and understand your client base and then building out your CRM to match it, you get so you just have the appearance of being everywhere at one time without having to work any harder. And again, those are the low-hanging fruits that you know, setting up birthday automations or setting up renewal setup. You know, these will take one hour, two hour at max, but then you are done and set for life. Set it and forget it. And they will reap dividends day after day, month after month, year after year. Hundred percent. So listen. You got about 30,000 agents out there listening to you right now. How do they get a hold of you for a, a demo to, to learn more about Insured Mind and what you can do for them? I appreciate that. No, yeah, it's pretty simple. You know, it's uh, insuredmind.com. You know, it's I N S U R E D M I N E. It's not mine, it's mine. And it's the reason it's insured are mine, which means it's yours. And they are the insured are the ones that you mine. Because they are like minerals. If you do not extract, you are walking all over it. There right? You, go. you actually took my next question. I was going to ask you where the name came from, but you gave it to me anyhow. 
Yeah. Listen, everybody, we're wrapping up. I really appreciate Roshan coming on today. You know, Insured Mind is certainly a player in this space. If you have not checked them out, you should. This guy or his team is at literally every conference or show that I have been to, and they will – I know they're anxious to let you see the product, touch it, feel it, play around with it, learn it. Um, we have members in Killing Commercial that are Insured Mind users, and I can promise you – that uh, if they can be made happy with this product, anybody can be made happy with this product. So, and that's not a knock on them. It's just that they're very, very particular and discerning buyers and they want to make sure they're getting a return on their investment. So I encourage you to reach out, check out uh, what Roshan's put together, do a demo and decide whether or not it's right for you. But the one thing I would encourage you to do is, is figure out something because whether it's his solution or something else, if you're not using a CRM at this point, you're already behind. Just yep. like we talk about, agents are not going to be replaced by AI, but they will be replaced by agents who use AI. Yep. Agents who use CRMs are already running laps around those of the people out there who don't. So I encourage you to find a solution that's right for you and, and get on that train as soon as possible. Roshan, thanks so much, man. Safe travels. I know you're heading out of town again here at the end of the week, so I appreciate you making time to be on today and we will talk to you soon my man thank you david appreciate this opportunity yes sir my pleasure you've been listening to the power producers podcast you can follow killing commercial insurance on facebook and youtube and if you want to take your game to the next level next level check out our book the extra two minutes and our website killingcommercial.com 